let's, let's give it up for those ladies today leading. Um, I wasn't planning on saying that, but uh, I sent them a text just a second ago, um, and I don't know about you, but for the longest time, time, women have been silenced by the church, and I am just thankful for a church where we can, um, when I, where I can, I'm, I'm going to try not to get emotional here, but um, where I can worship next to my daughter and three young ladies are on stage leading them. And I know that leadership is way more than just being on stage, but man, can we give it up for them one more time? So, so good, so inspiring. Um, and I don't know about you, but I can't wait to do this again for the 11 o'clock service. If you want to hang around and do it again, you're, you're cool that you're allowed to do that. Um, I want to welcome you. My name is Alex, by the way, if you're new. Um, man, so glad that you're checking us out today. Uh, I want to welcome you to part two of a two-week series that we're doing on wise communication, wise communication. Say that with me, wise communication. Uh, that's the subject for today, and I want to begin by telling you a story, a true story. Um, I, I think I've said this story before, but not in light of what we're talking about today. So today's a little bit, same story, a little bit of a different spin. On December 17, 1903, Orville and Wilbur Wright finally succeeded flying their first, um, basically their first airplane flying for 59 seconds. Can you imagine? That was a big deal. Not even, they didn't even make it for a minute. And it was enough of a big deal for them to be so excited that they rushed a telegram to their sister who was in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, basically telling her how excited they were and what God, you know, not what God, but what they had accomplished. And, um, and so the telegram actually read this, and I want, I want you to see it. Here's what they said to their sister. First, sustained flight today, 59 seconds. Hope to be home by Christmas. Their sister gets this telegram, and she's so pumped. She's so excited. She's so happy that she runs to the newspaper office and communicates the telegram to the editors. I feel like I'm a little bit loud. If we can turn me down just a tad. And she, so she runs to the newspaper uh, office and, uh, and basically communicates the telegram to the editors. And the next morning, there is a tiny little ad in the newspaper, not even the front page, and it read this. Can we put up the next slide? Popular, this is what the article read, popular local bicycle merchants, which is what the Wright brothers were doing at the time, right? Um, to be home for the holidays. They totally, I mean, that, whoever made that mistake missed the biggest news of the century because of lack of communication. And so communication, is a, it's a big deal. Last week, we said that there are six principles for excellent communication skills. And I said to you, if you take a hold of these, if you are a sponge today, and you learn them, practice them, put them into action, revisit them, go back and try to figure out how to, get, how to become a little bit better at it, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that your marriage will actually become, it'll get better. I guarantee you that it will help your family dynamics. 
It'll help you in your relationship with friends or at work, in your career, in your business, when you make mistakes in life, when you're trying to figure out how to lead your kids. If you apply these six principles, it'll be a game changer. So last week I gave you the first few, the first three, excuse me. If you missed them, go back and listen to them. Listen to the podcast. You can watch the message on YouTube. Today I'm going to do the last three. So principle four, five, and six. Let me give you a quick recap just in case this is your first Sunday with us so that we're all on the same page. What we said is this. Words are power. Words can be your superpower. With the power of a spoken word, you can change a life. You can inspire a nation. You can, you can make a difference in this world. You can make this world a beautiful place. Think about it. The Bible says in Genesis that our God, with the power of a spoken word, he created the cosmos. Right? You fast forward to the first verse in John, in the Gospel of John. And John says something like this. He says, in the beginning was the word. Who is he referring to? Jesus Christ. So he's referring to Jesus as the, as the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So there's no doubt that from, from Genesis to John to the book of Revelation, our words matter. They're important. They're a big deal. And the thing is that we can all use them for good or for bad. And they can be your little superpower but you can use them both ways and your words with your words you can spit venom or you can mend a broken soul so that was last week today i want to set up the message with a clip and we'll show it here in a second that my dad shared with me from one of my all-time favorite shows it's called Everybody Loves Raymond. Have any of you guys ever seen that show? Okay, all right, you're my kind of people. I love, I laugh so hard when I watch this. I was like, this was several weeks ago. I was like, I got to figure out a, a way to, to bring this to, to the church. Like, I got to figure out, like, where can I fit it in, you know? And, um, and I still, I'm still, I've seen it so many times, I'm still laughing every time I see it because it really... I don't know if it, I don't want to get a little too intimate, too vulnerable here, but in some ways it kind of, it kind of represents my family, and I, I'd say, I'll leave it at that, all right? I'll, I'm not going to say any more than that, but um, I hope that, I hope you enjoy it as much as I have, I have. so can we play it? <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> now you listen to me. Maybe you could all use some advice from someone who's in a position to give it. See what you did, Amy? <laughs> you think we have nothing to offer? We've been married 46 years. We've seen the lows and we've seen the highs. What day was the high? <laughs> you two. You're newlyweds. You're in love. God bless you. You know nothing. <laughs> and you too. You're always fighting. And the reason you get so upset is because you think there's something wrong with that. Look at us. This is experience. This is wisdom. This is juicy. <laughs> I 
some real marriage advice? I'm going to give you the secret now. There's going to be yelling. There's going to be anger. Don't fight it. Accept it. You love him. You hate him. He disgusts you. Look how he eats. <laughs> you keep your head down and you plow through. Amen. <laughs> but Marie, you said hate. How can hate have any place in a marriage? You make room. <laughs> There's going to be hate. Hate is real. Marriage is real. We might fight, but we're okay with each other. And you know why? We've endured. We have been through it all. And now, we're waiting for death. <laughs> and now we're waiting for death. Wasn't that good? Man, let's, let's put our hands together. That was just good. You know, I love that, that we can have fun in church and we can laugh and uh, man relationships are messy aren't they how many of you would agree with me yep relationships are a little messy you know I think we could all say yep yep yep, yep. Um, and uh, yeah absolutely I uh, man boy so six principles for excellent communication skills so that you can have better relationships that's that's the bottom line right you want to be able to communicate uh, and at the end of the day, so you can have better interpersonal relationships with other people. Uh, last week, I gave you the first three. Today, we're going to start with, with number four, okay, the fourth principle. So let's go ahead and look at Proverbs 24, verse 26. Here's where we get our fourth principle. I want to read it uh, for you guys. It says this, an honest answer, watch this, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Let me read it again. An honest answer, this is God's word. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Now, you may say, okay, what, what does that mean, Alex? Well, a kiss is a, is a beautiful, intimate expression of love. Now, remember what I said last week about the book of Proverbs? I said that it's a book of wisdom. It takes the ageless, um, priceless wisdom of God, and it makes it understandable. It makes it accessible for you and I. It spells it out in simple terms. You don't need like a seminary degree. You don't need to know Hebrew to understand it. Like there are no like deep theological uh, terms that are being used. This verse is kind of what I was talking about. An honest answer is like a kiss. Like everybody knows what a kiss on the lips is, right? Like an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. A beautiful, it's like an intimate expression of love. Now let me, let me kind of um, say it like this. Let me, let me like kind of like uh, explain it like this. It's really, really hard. Listen to this. Don't miss it. It's really, really, really hard to kiss your spouse on the lips if you're angry at them. It's really, it's very difficult to kiss your spouse. Why are you guys like, I'm talking, like are we getting a little, little too up close here? It's really hard, it's really hard to kiss your spouse on the lips if there's bitterness, if there's resentment, if there is anger. So here's the first, or the fourth principle, uh, continuing on from last week, that I want to share with you as far as like six skills for incredible communications uh, um, uh, ability. Number four, you must not hold a grudge. Let's all say it together. You must not hold a what? A grudge. A grudge. 
It's really hard. And I think it's, you know, talking to people, communicating is difficult. I think it makes it exponentially harder when you're angry at them, when you're bitter. Have you ever tried it? When you, how many of you, be, be honest, have you ever talked to your spouse when you're angry at them? Anybody in here? Do you guys ever get angry? Anybody? Those of you who are not raising your hands, we're talking about you. No, I'm just joking, just joking. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever said something and it came out of like you were angry because something happened and you're like, man, you know, a couple days later, you're like, that wasn't true. That wasn't even right. It was, you know, that, I don't know what I was thinking. The tone didn't come out the right way. What I said wasn't even truthful. You know, I would even there say, I would even go as far as to say, it is impossible to properly communicate, to effectively communicate with people that you're angry at. Here's another proverb, 14, verse 7. Proverbs 14, verse 7. Listen to what God's word says. Stay away from a fool. The book of Proverbs talks a lot about fools. Stay stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. In other words, stay away from fools because their words are empty. Have you ever talked to someone that, like, they like to talk, and they, they talk more than they should, and sometimes you're talking to them in whatever subject it may be, like, they're always the expert. Have you ever met somebody like that? There's, there are times when, when I'm talking to people, uh, a salesman or somebody like that, and I've done a lot of research on a particular subject, maybe a product that I'm buying, maybe whatever, and, and I ask a question just to see you know, if they really know, if the answer they give me is actually like, if, if it lines up with the research that I've done. And there, I cannot tell you the number of times that people will look at me with a straight face and they will talk and they will go on and on and on about something. And it's like, in my mind, I'm thinking, that's not, that's not, that's not true. You know, what, what, when you, have you ever met somebody like that that just talks, you've been, you know, and they, and they, when they communicate, they do it with so much confidence. And you're like, most people are like, oh, okay, I guess they know about it. But if you know anything about the subject, you know, man, they're, they're, they're a fool. That's what the Bible says. Stay away, stay away from the fool. Their words are empty. Now, look at the next verse. It says, if you, like, this is the opposite of a fool. It says, but the wisdom, Everybody say wisdom. wisdom. Of the prudent, that's what you want to be, right? But the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. Verse 9. Fools mock at making amends for sin. But goodwill is found among the upright. So let me sum it up. Stay away from the fool. The words are empty. I would say the world is empty if you don't want to be a fool pay attention to your way of life so let me let me make it very practical and spell it out for you there's resentment in your life about somebody because they said something because they communicated the wrong way they treated maybe it was a, it was something that you can't i mean it's like the worst of the worst there is anger there's pride look at what god's word says look at the verse what we're supposed to do If you don't want to be a fool, God says, give thought to your ways. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. You confess it. You confess the anger. You confess the the sin in your life. You repent. 
And sometimes you have to do it more than once. Repentance is just changing directions. It's like, okay, Lord, man, I messed up again. I, I, there's still bitterness. And, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, and I haven't, I haven't shared with anybody. I was planning on sharing with Leah, and I didn't even get a chance to do that. There was something that someone did that years ago, it's still in my heart. And, I, and I'm, I'm actually running, and I'm thinking about the conversation that I'm going to have. And I'm actually getting angry at them, and I haven't even communicated to them in the first place. And so what I recognize is there is a little bit of bitterness in my heart because of their action. And it's not something I'm thinking about every day, but in that moment, I started going down a path that it was not a healthy path for me, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And so Leah's the person that I always talk to about things like this, and so I was going to share with her. I haven't even shared with her yet. But here's the key for you and for me. Whenever the enemy puts the care right in front of you and you go down that path, I want you to be like the wise person in Proverbs. Repent. Well, God, man, I'm, you know what? That was not a thought that came from you, Lord. I am so sorry. Here, I'm confessing it. Help me, through, help me work through this anger. Help me work through this bitterness. That's what the Bible says. Change direction. So what does the, the wise person do? They give thought to their ways. Because only fools, if you look at the verse, only fools mock at making amends for sin so listen to this strong statement okay i'm giving you a little bit of a heads up the true test you ready the true test of your relationship with christ is how you relate to others the true test of your relationship with the lord is how you deal with imperfect people and I know it's challenging, but we can fool each other. And we can, you know, we can get into the Bible and we can study and we can, you know, I can preach and I can do all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, the true test of my relationship with the Lord is not just vertical, it's horizontal. And how I relate with those people that I, that are in many ways are very much the unlovable. Because it's easy to love those who love you, Right? And so my question for you is, how are you doing with those relationships? Is there anybody that you need to look to and say, hey, I need to, there's, there's stuff in my, my heart. I need to forgive you. Is there someone that you need to say, would you forgive me? I'm sorry, there's, there's junk in my heart and I need to, I need to come before you and I need to, I need to confess and I need to, and I need to, I need to try to make it right and I need to pray for restoration Communication is like a band improvising. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put our worship, our, our instrumentalists, so just the, the ones that are playing an instrument this morning, I'm going to put them on the spot. Would you guys get on stage real quick? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, yeah, you give it up for our worship team. So just the ones of you who are, if you're a vocalist, uh, not for this example, okay? Uh, just if you play an instrument. Awesome. You guys get, get in place. So I'm going to, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do something that hopefully will, will work, okay? Uh, but you guys are pretty graceful, you know, graceful. So, um, like, I've tried things in the past that haven't worked, and it's like, okay, uh, we'll, we'll give it a try again, different way. And so I, I want to give you an illustration about communication. 
and the way that it works. That I, I really believe, hopefully, it'll be memorable. And you, it'll stick. Part of what I do is teach you guys for Part of what I try to do sometimes with illustrations is make it memorable. Because most of you, about 90% of you, you'll forget like 80% of what I say today by Wednesday. Okay? So, so that's why I try to do things like this to, to, to help you uh, understand. So communication, communication is what we're talking about. It's like, imp- like a band when, it's, when a band is improvising. Have you ever heard a band, like just like when they're jamming and they're not playing anything specific and they're just playing a little bit, just kind of like just random improvising. Have you ever, have you ever seen that? Okay, I love that. We went to our, our men's weekend thing and I had a couple of guys just pick, picked up a guitar and they were, I couldn't believe it, two instruments and they were putting out sound that I was like, that is so good. And I asked them the next day, hey, as people are coming in, would you guys just play a little something? And so I have an illustration that hopefully you guys will remember. What I want to do is I want you guys to play something here in a minute. Don't, don't start just yet. And I want you to play um, just, um, just a, something random, but I, I, want you to, I want you to wait for me, okay? So I'm going to play band director. Ignacio, I may need your help, all right? Uh, so for a moment, and I'm one of those guys, I can't even clap on beat. Like, I... I I'm telling you, like, if you can clap on beat, I want you to clap, okay, here in a minute. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at each one of you guys, and then I'm going to ask you to play, okay? And um, we'll see if this works. You guys think that this is going to work? I think so. I think so. So you guys give it up for Pedro on the drums. Pedro, our other, our other drummer, got hurt this morning. We called Pedro, like, last minute. It was like, hey, man, like, we need a drummer. Uh, he's like, well, I'm going to need a shower, <laughs> you know, and it was like, so it was a, it's been a, it's been a morning, hasn't it? And then now I'm, now i got, now he's on stage, you know. So Pedro, would you give us a beat? Just whatever, like, whatever sounds good. Ready? Go. That's good. Isn't that good? Keep going. Keep going. You're good. I like that. All right. Who should we go next? Who should we? Randy? All right, Randy, would you? Uh, you guys give it up for Randy. Can, can, would you do a little something? Sounds good. Sounds good. Ignacio, would you play a little something? Come up here, buddy. Come up here. Let's clap. Marcus? Megan? Doesn't that sound good? All right, all right. Let's go ahead and stop. Stop. All right. All right. Communication. You guys stay there, okay? Don't, don't go anywhere. <laughs> Communication is like that. Each one of the band players are intently listening to the other. And if you, if you see them, they have an in-ear piece. They're, they're looking at each other, okay? And what they're doing is they're building upon each other's sound okay sometimes when we communicate and we argue we do the very opposite it's what a band that doesn't sound good does okay so I'm going to ask you to do one last example this time I'm going to ask you all to pl- uh, to play at the same time but f- wait until I say go alright and I want you guys to play but don't pay attention to whatever's happening in your inner ear don't pay, atten- don't pay attention to the time in like I want you to sound like just as awkward as, as you possibly can make it alright can you guys do that alright so ready on the count of three one two three go oh, that's good that's good that's good you guys give it up for them You guys are good. You're good. You're good. 
So, hopefully you won't forget this. <laughs> when a band sounds good, each musician is listening intently to what the other group, the other team members are doing. I asked Ignacio earlier um, this week, I was like, hey man, I, I want to come up with this illustration. Can we add more, more people to the band? And he said to me, no, I want to keep the same people that we have. Okay, on our rotation, because we all get along. There's chemistry that happens. What happens here doesn't just happen automatically. And I thought, man, it just adds so much to what I was saying. When you find yourself in an argument with your spouse, you're doing what they did there at the end. Everybody's talking, nobody's listening. There is like there is just like a lot of there's no clarity, there's nothing happening. And so the fourth principle that we're looking at today is if you want to develop some incredible communication skills so you can have better relationships, you've got to know that you cannot hold a grudge. When you hold a grudge, you're not, it's, not, it's impossible to communicate properly and to communicate effectively. Let's go to number five. Number five, you must be aware of timing kind of goes along with the illustration right you must be aware of timing this is huge timing is everything when you communicate now don't just take it from me i want to put this let's put the verse on the screen proverbs 15 23 listen to what god's word says a person i'm reading from the niv a person finds joy in giving an apt reply and how good is a timely, what? Word. Now, I'm going to read it again, but this time I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Same, same verse, just a little bit of a different translation, and I, I like this one too. It says this, everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say, watch this, the right thing at the right what? The right time. So number five, you must be aware of timing. In the storms of life, when you're trying to figure out how to say something to someone, what to do, when to say it, okay? And we've all been there. And this is why this is one of those messages that, that applies to all of us, whether you're eight years old or 80 years old. When you're having a difficulty and you're trying to figure out, man, I have a team in place and I gotta communicate X, Y, Z. Or I have a group of people that I'm doing life with and something happened and I don't know how to say it, when to say it. Like timing is everything. I'm gonna kind of illustrate it like this. It's what a recreational boater will do. And also... <clears throat> If it is the same question that a private, that in the private aviation industry is asked, okay? So a recreational pilot will ask the same question. And I, I love boats. I had a boat in Florida for many, many years and in North Carolina. So you may not know what it is. That, what's, what's the question that a boater will ask before he goes out on a boat? Every boater will ask it, okay? If you're a pilot, recreational pilot, you'll ask the same question. And it's this. It's something like this. It's like, how do I feel about boating today? You know, I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at the weather. If there's a storm coming, like I'm not gonna take my family on my little boat, okay? Like I'm not gonna put them in danger. 
So every boater will say, man, I'm going to look at the waves, you know, how, you know, the height of the waves, the wind, the visibility. Um, I'm going to look at, you know, if it's in the morning, is there fog? You know, I'm going to look at the wave period. That's, the waves are coming at you at different periods, sometimes basically the, the time between each wave. If you have, and because I know this, I have a little bit of experience in boating. If you have waves come, if the wave period is 15 to 20 seconds, well, the waves can be a little bit bigger because they're just rolling waves. And your boat will handle it. I'm not a pilot, but a, a recreational pilot will ask the same question. How do I feel about flying today? In other words, let me look at to see where the wind, to see the conditions, because you know what? This can wait. I can go later. Or I can go earlier. And it's the same thing that you need to learn to ask yourself. When, how do I feel about telling this person what I want to communicate? The when is extremely important. I heard, a, I heard an illustration about a barber who gave his life to Christ on Sunday. And he was so excited about telling Jesus um, that, like, you know, telling people about Jesus. And so Sunday morning, gives his life to Christ, this barber. Next day, he opens up his shop. The first guy that goes through his door sits down and, um, and asks for a shave. And so the guy is, who's the barber who's on fire for Jesus, basically is about to shave his neck. And with the razor on one hand, over his throat, he asks the question, are you prepared to meet God today? <laughs> now... I love the sentiment, right? Probably the wrong timing, right? <laughs> like, ask the question maybe at the end or maybe before he sits down and you have the razor on the guy's neck, right? Are you prepared to meet God today? Um, and so that's how timing works, right? So you're about to have a conversation that's difficult. You're losing sleep over it. You don't know what to do. Here's what I encourage you to do. Pray. Ask God to give you the wisdom about timing. Your words matter. Your timing is equally important. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me discernment. Help me figure out when to talk to this person. Ecclesiastes 3, 1, and 7. There's a time for everything. Many of us have, have read this before. There's a time for everything. A time to be silent and a time to speak all right let me give you one last one and then we're done i'm over my time so number four you must not you want to have excellent principle um, uh, communication skills number one you must not hold a grudge number five you must be aware of timing and the last one you must not attack the person but the problem you must not attack the person but the problem it's the sin that you want to confront okay it's the sin that you're after if you if you're going to get angry get angry at the sin not at the person let me give you a few verses i'm going to give you three different references um and if you want one that you want to like dig in go to first peter 3 9 it's not on the screen but um first peter 3 9 uh, but let me give you a couple of other ones proverbs 21 23 says this whoever keeps his mouth I think i gave you this one last week keeps himself out of trouble whoever keeps his mouth whoever keeps his tongue keeps himself out of trouble proverbs 21 23 um, ephesians 4 15 another great uh, reference the bible says speak the truth in love speak the truth in love and then the last one that i, I want to give well, i'll give you a couple more but uh first peter 3 9 this one is the one that i think it's it's hard to apply. It says this, don't repay evil for evil. 
Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. If you're a Jesus follower, you have a calling in your life. You want to know God's will for your life? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. He says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate. It's so hard. It's so hard. I get it. I get it. Because I've been there. I cannot tell you the number of times that I want to hit back. Okay? Um, and, and so don't do it. Okay? Don't give in to the temptation. This is what God has called you to do. And watch this. And he will grant you his blessing. I mean, I think all of us want God's blessing in our lives. And so you may, you may say, like, or I may ask you, like, in your home life, and I'm just picking on, on your home life for a minute, but what, what are you actually winning when you win an argument? Think about it. What, I mean, when you attack the other person, what does it profit you? Like, what, what do you get? What's the motive behind it? And so why is it, other than pride, why is it that, why do we do that? There's a quote that I gave you about a year ago um, that I've never forgotten. It says this, I don't know exactly who it came from, uh, but it says this, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. I love that. A man convinced against his will is of, is of the same opinion still. So there's been plenty of arguments that I have won, but I've lost more battles. So let me give you just four tips on how you can you ask how do you do that how do you attack the problem how do you attack the sin not the person let me give you four quick and i promise you i'll be quick um, tips that will help you the bible says first peter 3 11 kind of along that same passage that i gave you earlier it says this seek peace and pursue it so the goal in your relationships should always be that to seek peace you want to seek restoration. And I know sometimes it's hard, but that's, that's your goal. You want to pursue, you want to, that's the, the bottom line. So four things real quick. Number one, you're going to state your needs. You don't have to be a doormat, okay? You don't have to hold your emotions. You have to bottle it all up. No, no, you, you can actually communicate your concerns. I encourage you to do that. Speak the truth in love. Number two, don't take it personally. I always take things personally. So it's the one thing that gets me. Okay, half of the arguments that I have with my spouse, I took it personally. Number three, find areas where you can find common ground. Even if 90% of, the, of, what, of what you're dealing with, you're like on separate places, try at least to find at least one thing where you're both going to agree on. It'll help that, that illustration. It'll help you build upon each other, uh, the conversation. Number four, surrender it to the Lord. Like give it up. A lot easier said than done, but I got to remind you, right? I play my part as your pastor, so surrender it to the Lord. Because just because you apply those six principles does not mean that they're automatically going to, you know, like they're going to fall at your feet and, and, and worship you. There's often when you apply those principles, and actually things don't go well. And so what I can tell you is this. You cannot control other people's behavior, you do your part, you receive God's blessing because you're being obedient, and then you can have peace in your heart. Now I'll finish with this verse, and I'll ask our worship team to get back on stage, uh, but I'll finish with this. Let's put it on 1 Peter 3.12. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. That should be a little bit of comfort to you, and his ears are open to their prayers. Like you may think that God's not listening. You may at times feel like he's not there. But I hope you receive this promise. 
He is there. He is listening. He is watching. You continue to be faithful. Don't give up. Hang in there. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord, the Lord, turns his face against those who do evil. Let's pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed. How many of you would say today, Pastor, really thank you for, for this message. Um, there's some things that I've got to communicate uh, either in my marriage or at the office or just in life that have really been helpful. Any of you guys said like, man, this content was very helpful to me. Thank you so much. Appreciate your hands all over the room. And I hope the same for you if you're watching online or you're listening. Father God, I ask that you would help us I can't think of a subject that's harder to apply than this one. Father, I pray that you, you help us not to hold onto things. Help us not to, to hold onto that anger and bitterness that tends to build up in our lives. It just, it's poison that kills us from, from within, God. May we never hold grudges for long periods of time, God. Do a work in our hearts right now. And I know that in a room like this, I'm not the only one to say there are some things that I'm still holding on to. But pray to, to, to the Lord. He's, he can hear you. He knows your heart. He knows your emotions. He's here in this place. He's watching wherever you're at, wherever you're listening. Maybe you're on the, on the road listening. You don't think God's there? Of course he's there. So God, help me not to hold grudges. God, help me to be aware of timing, not to be too fast or too slow or to hold back and never say anything. But God, help me to speak up at the proper time, not to talk over each other. Half of our battles is because we're always arguing. We're just talking over one another. It's not helping our relationship. So God, would you do a work in my life and Lord, may we not attack people. You died for people. You died for us. May we learn from you. May we, may we be willing to surrender to the point where we are sacrificing our feelings, our emotions, our anger, where we're just saying, God, it's yours. I'm surrendering it. And God, I know that None of this is easy, Lord. But I pray that there would be a spark today that would ignite a flame in our hearts of forgiveness so that healing can begin to happen. And so, God, I don't know who needs to hear this message, but I pray that you would penetrate minds, speak to hearts, and I pray that you would move us and that as Jesus followers, we would look to you and your word. We would look to, to a book like the book of Proverbs, full of wisdom. And God, I pray that we would not just be talking heads, that you can spit out Bible verses all over the place, but don't really live out God's word. God, may we be different for your name, for your kingdom's sake. And so I ask, Lord, whoever it is in this room, that needs a work. I ask in Jesus' name that you would do that. May healing begin today, we pray. 
In Jesus' name, amen.